Eastside Radio 89.7 FM. This is Arts Monday, Simboesi, streaming to you from the Gedigal land of the Eora Nation. My name is Ira, and I'm currently on call to Leanne Loke, one of the curators of the She Robots exhibition currently showing at the Tin Sheds Gallery, which is located at the University of Sydney. She Robots explores contemporary robotics through distinctly female perspectives, asking questions around human-robotic relationships and visualizing a future where robots are more meaningful collaborators and participants in culture. Leanne, can you hear us? Yes. Hi, Ira. Lovely to be here. Thanks for Lovely to have show. you on the show. I'm super excited to talk to you about this topic. It's uh, quite mind-blowing, uh, maybe controversial at times. And uh, it's looking, as I mentioned, at the robotics from distinctly female perspectives. So one of the things that's written in introduction to the exhibition says that we are on the brink of a world of living with robots. And so now is the time to question who participates in the creation of them, of new forms of robots, and how. Who it seems to be that uh, the exhibition proposes are women. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what changes when development of robots is delegated to women and how do they approach it differently? What do they tend to bring into it? Uh, yes, I'm working with um, two other curators. So I just mentioned my fellow curators, Dagmar Reinhardt from um, the University of Sydney. Um, she's an architect and researcher and Deborah Turnbull-Tillman, um, who's at UNSW Art Design, a new media curator and, and researcher. And so we've come together to um, really map out what's happening internationally or in Australia and also mainly in Europe um, about what women are starting to do in terms of um, being, I guess, pioneers in the robotics field and sort of opening up the spectrum of what's possible with robots. I think if you look back historically, a lot of the um, sort of innovations and the... Um, the industrialization of robots has really been led by men, of course. It's been in male-dominated industries. Um, you know, it's it's moved into things like car manufacturing and the construction industry, which aren't typically um, realms that, that women have worked in um, in, a, in an equitable sense. So we've really been... It's been really interesting to find out where women are operating and how they're really changing um, our thinking and, and practices. Um, one of the... Um, one of the works we have in the show is by one of the pioneers, uh, Mari Valanaki, who's a professor in robotics um, and an artist. And she developed this work, uh, I think, 20 years ago um, at the University of Sydney in the Australian Centre for Field Robotics. It's called Fishbird, and it's actually two uh, wheelchairs that are roboticized. And they are actually, um, you know, starstruck lovers who can only communicate through, through poetry that they print. Um, so that kind of work is really quite similar to sort of rethinking what we think robots are. Mm-hmm. You know, in popular culture, it's it's usually the humanoid robot um, that can either be uh, benign or it, it turns evil um, and a threat to sort of humanity. So we're sort of seeing these very different ideas about thinking what robots could be, the forms they can take, the kinds of relationships they have with, with people. Mm. One of the things or one of the works that comes to my mind uh, now that you're mentioning this, uh, what emotionally robots could be and the kind of empathy and care that they could have, uh, even poeticism, as you say, through these messages, is the work that uh, features robots changing the diapers of babies. So basically the robots doing child care. 
And obviously this is quite a confronting proposition. What questions and possibilities and concerns does this work raise in your view and, and why did you uh, choose to include it in uh, the conversation? Um, yeah, one of, the, one of the threads that we have through the exhibition is how women are looking at notions of care and nurture. Um, also, I think women also uh, tend to be very interested in bodies, mm. um, from, from the bodies of the young to sort of ageing bodies, female bodies, you know, gendered bodies, and sort of trying to really, you know, open up, um, you know, get away from perhaps quite limited um, conceptions of them. But um, the, uh, the researchers and artists, uh, Marianne Williams and Anthea Elizabeth Sims, who created this particular work, um, we just really loved it how it was this quite, yeah, quite... Um, a sort of threatening situation of having a humanoid robot that um, is, you know, with a very hard, um, you know, plastic and metal body tending to our very vulnerable young, you know, these babies that um, are looking, you know, quite happy actually with these robots. But um, I think there's one of the images too that you can see that um, the robot has in its in its hand or its, its, its gripper hand, it's lifting up what looks like a baby, but it's actually a, a toy. It's a... a a toy baby. So, you know, if you're not looking too close, you're thinking, oh my gosh, it's lifting it up by its ankle, I think. So it just starts to raise all these great questions and issues around, um, you know, do we trust robots with um, our young? Um, what, how should they be um, touching them? Um, is the issues of consent that get raised and all that kind of stuff? It's really interesting. Mm. And are we moving into the future where those kind of uh, things and these imaginative scenarios that uh, we now have are actual possibilities that we will have robots taking care of uh, childcare? Um, yeah, that's a good question. There's certainly been a lot of uh, work and research, especially in Japan, I think, in terms of companion robots, uh, social robotics, but primarily directed at the ageing population, the elderly, mm. um, because there is this worldwide trend towards, I think, because of um, the population growth is declining and the well, living older, and suddenly there's this sort of crisis of the um, elderly population and the breakdown of traditional forms of, you know, extended families where actually the women would normally look after the, um, you know, their elders. Uh, and that's not, those um, systems aren't there anymore. So they're really looking at how to introduce robots into these care scenarios. Um, I don't think that much is happening with the young, but again, it's um, at the moment, I guess we, we tend to, you know, immigrants from developing countries come in to more developed countries or the wealthy populations and they play that role. So it'd be interesting to see whether, that's, you know, they get displaced by um, these robots once robots develop to that level of kind of sensitivity and care and trust. Um, so I think what we're doing in the exhibition, though, is a lot of it's not providing solutions, but raising questions and putting forward these quite provocative scenarios so that the general public um, can, can start to really think about this stuff and, and perhaps down the track have a say in what um, how robots um, are going to, you know, integrate with human society. Mm. Uh, these uh, provocations come in form of questions that you ask uh, on the placard of each uh, work, which I found really interesting. And one of the questions, and maybe it's related in some way to this interaction between robot and uh, a child or, or baby, is uh, whether you would hold a robot's hand. So what about you? Would you? <laughs> <laughs> 
that is, I, yeah, I think it's, we don't often think about that, do we? Like in terms of um, thinking of, of humanoid robots or robot, maybe industrial robotic arms with grippers on them. Like what, what would be that, that, that point of the limb where we would feel as a human, you know, when we hold each other's hands, what's that contact like? What's that feeling of, well, is it, is it one of comfort? Is it one of reading the other person through the way you, you know, sense each other's grip and the force? Um, you know, it's, so there's really interesting issues around touch and contact and how we communicate through those or just um, commune with each other. So, yeah, um, I think... If the robot's also not, if I mean, I think with human touch, it's also the sort of transfer of energy and heat, and if that's not coming through with a with a robotic, um, you know, mechanical um, entity, uh, does you know sort of fall quite short of perhaps what we'd like in terms of the pleasure, the pleasurable aspects of um, relating to robots. Mm. And now that you're mentioning energy and heat, uh, that's in the human hand. Another very provoking thought for me within the exhibition was uh, considering the idea of a robot gardener and not just talking about watering the plants because that's what we already have, some kind of machines that we program to water our plants, but also planting the seeds and tending to the crop and all those things that uh, usually we associate with actually well-being of humans because we often speak about gardening as something that uh, makes us feel mentally and physically well. So to inch towards the future where that might be given to robots in order to make our lives more efficient, which is partly what we are doing here, is kind of worrying thought for me. Yeah, that's a, a good point you've raised there about whether um, we create these robots that just um, replace what humans normally do. Um, and what are humans left to do. But I think um, we're also looking at approaches where it's more about how does a robot collaborate, how a human and a robot can collaborate and sort of complement each other's um, skills. So that, for example, even with gardening, maybe the aspects of gardening, maybe it's digging or something that um, perhaps for um, you know, a frail person might be quite difficult. And so you know, it sort of limits what you can do in your garden. So... Are there ways of getting the robot to sort of complement like what your capabilities, mm. which is really interesting, I think, in terms of, you know, that's, and there is a line of research that Dagmar Reinhardt and I are looking at and other researchers looking at how these robots can work with you. So not replacing you, but working with and looking at really sort of close proximity um, scenarios where, you know, the robot limbs and the human body and limbs are really quite sort of entangled and coming in and out of some kind of, yeah, sort of work gestural space that you, um, you know, it's almost like a dance of the limbs in terms of is it is it planting seedlings or, or what's going on there. I think that's an area that's still got a lot of um, open research to happen mm -hmm. in it, so that the humans still, you know, we're not we're not then becoming um, irrelevant and we can still take that pleasure in being in nature and tending to it, but with our hopefully our robotic helper. Mm. Um, it does also. I should. Um, I think that's one of the things in the construction, I alluded to earlier, in the construction industry, we're now seeing there's quite a few women, especially in Europe, that are leading labs, doing a lot of stuff with robotic fabrication, massive industrial robots that they're now using in architecture and building construction. Um, that in a way, you know, that might have been a very difficult field for women to be in before. 
But if you're working with these large robots, suddenly you're a team that can then really enter into that that quite male-dominated territory. Mm. Yeah, it seems uh, now that you're mentioning this uh, robots as providing assistance and an extension to something that humans really maybe can't do. And then there are quite a few works that also speak about this potential or possibility of replacement. And one uh, that speaks about this replacement is also the work by Elena Knox, uh, a video called Pathetic Fallacy, where we see two female figures, uh, a grandmother and a granddaughter, in a conversation about aging and uh, we realize uh, that one of them is a robot the the grandchild is a, a robot and it's confronting from the two perspectives i guess that one is that it's possible that this thing can happen that uh, we could have a relationship and conversation with robotic other but then also it points to these limits of the nuances of conversation that can exist there so yeah, I guess I'm mentioning this work in contrast to what you were saying because it seems like there is this two points in the exhibition, robots as replacements and robots as assistants. Um, yeah, that's, um, that particular work, um, we're really pleased to have that working by Eleanor Knox because she's quite a leading figure in this more feminist um, critique, like a critique of gender, um, you know, stereotypes and norms. Um, and she's currently working out of Japan, but she's got this wonderful series of films where she stages um, humanoid robots as the actors and uh, they're always you know questioning this 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 sort of role of women or women in service roles or playing the roles of hostesses and things like that but that particular one is looking at this notion of um, yes aging like the fact that robots will not age I mean they are machines so they will break down and they you know they might need their parts replacing but then they can be continually updated whereas humans are on a trajectory to um, you know a decline and eventually um, dying and I think as women particularly we have that um, kind of that that uh, blessing and a curse of um, of the beauty of youth, but then it, it, you know, it fades, and that's something that women have to grapple with. So this book's also sort of bringing that to sharp focus, that you would have this eternal youth, um, you know, with you um, in in your in your life um, as you're sort of declining and and heading towards some sort of collapse. So it does raise lots of um, lots of concerns. Mm. And it's coming at an interesting time because uh, there is more and more acceptance, I feel, out there towards aging, towards uh, not uh, taking on this eternal youth ideal. Uh, celebrities speak of that. At the same time, we have other celebrities who are trying to make themselves eternally young or looking eternally young. So I was, as part of the, uh, you know, seeing the exhibition and engaging with it, it's also, it's, brought to surface some things that we as humans are already, the ways in which we humans are already becoming robot-like. And one of that was, you know, trying to extend our youth. Uh, But also another one was this idea of touch, where we are trying to make robots who will have a sense of touch, but at the same time, we as humans are losing that sense of tactility with each other and there is more and more alienation so it seems that humans are by themselves becoming more like robots while we are trying to create robots that will be more like humans (laughs) yeah it's an interesting tension isn't it and i think especially you know after the pandemic um where you know being in close proximity and contact and touch all became very charged 
um, spaces, um, it suddenly it throws it into relief when we're looking at our, our relationship with robots or, or can robots mediate us back into close contact, start to um, you know, open up these new mm. scenarios as well. Can they teach us to to learn, um, I mean, you and I both have a dance background. We love dance and, you know, the kind of some aesthetics of, um, you know, moving kinesthetically and moving through touch contact, which I think um, a lot of people in, in everyday life, you know, are quite wary of touch and of being touched. But there's a whole, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of like a skill that could be learned. So I'm very interested in how we could perhaps co-opt robots to develop these quite nuanced um, tactile and movement um, behaviours and sensitivities that could then, you know, we're always in this loop with technology. We build a technology we, or we shape a technology and then it reshapes us. So how can even, you know, through imbuing robots with some perhaps heightened um, tactile and, and kinesthetic sensitivity, can they then sort of retrain us almost? Mm. Um, there's a work actually um, by fantastic to have this work in by Patrick Meinbach um, and Rob Saunders um, where they've got this practice where they're looking at um, robots that are, are not humanoid so robots that have some other kind of form that um, can be different kinds of shapes um, so in this particular instance they have these cube they're working with different sorts of geometries but they're very interested in how um, from it's like a sort of body up or bottom up approach, how that shape of the robot can then um, produce or a sort of emergent movement vocabulary can emerge out of it. So they've done this wonderful um, uh, piece of research where they're working with dancers and mm -hmm. they're getting dancers to basically inhabit or you know put on these geometric uh, robot costumes and then you know I guess in that in that um, relationship between the, the robot costume and the dancer there's this space or constraint of of what kind of movement possibilities open up and that then becomes that then informs the movement language of the robot so it's a very different approach to i think how uh, a lot of more traditional robotics would have been trying to solve that problem of, of balance and locomotion either mimicking what humans do or what animals do um, so they're coming from a very different approach but really harnessing the uh, sort of embodied um, knowledge and expertise of dancers, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And the work you're talking about is called Dancing with a Non-Human. It will be performed on 9th and 10th of December as part of the She Robots exhibition at the Teen Sheds Gallery at the University of Sydney. That's correct, right? The dates yes, that I gave. that's right. Yeah, so that's um, we have a number of um, panel talks and workshops coming up, but just before the exhibition closes, um, it's going to be very exciting to have an actual performance with um, this cube robot and then two dancers as well wearing these um, robot costumes. So that'll be, uh, I think, something quite... Well, we're, it's a world premiere. They haven't actually performed it before. They've been doing research for the last um, um, perhaps two or three years uh, in this particular... Um, piece, so it's the first time I think that they're going to be uh, performing this live, which is very exciting. And there's somebody who comes, as you mentioned, from uh, the dance background or performance art background, uh, you work with body-based practices, 
uh, where sensitivity to the environment, the body, and the specific situation is central to the way we move and the way we work and express ourselves. Have you attempted something like this, uh, dancing with uh, the robotic other or embodying what it means to be a robot within your body? I haven't actually. I've been wanting to do some projects like that, but um, haven't done that thing. But what I've been doing with Dagmar Reinhardt, because we have... Uh, some industrial robotic arms in our uh, lab in um, in the faculty that we have access to. Um, we've been very interested in, in programming and choreographing the motion parts of the robots, but looking at the expressive capacity of that. So you'll probably see that um, we do have a couple of the robots in the exhibition, and one of them is called Sisyphus Sweeping. So it's it's again, it's a, a kind of a critique of, of, of labor, actually. Um, and the act of sweeping is sort of programmed in this repetitive loop. But we've also been really looking at how the robot moves. So it's not like the straightest path, the most sort of efficient path to do something. It's very much about that sort of effective realm mm. and and then how it might have some kind of even sort of personality might emerge out of that movement. Does it, you know, is or is it is it snake like? Is it kind of um you know, a sort of movement that then evokes some other qualities or animalistic qualities? Um, or is it something that's soothing? You know, if you've got something moving in a very, in a figure of eight path, perhaps it's really rhythmic and slow, um, that evokes some kind of calming quality, hypnotic calming quality, that actually thinking about the impact of those kinds of robot movements on us and the environment is also another way to think about it. Mm -hmm. I think you touched... Uh, a bit and in a few different uh, points of the uh, conversation on some things that you look forward to when it comes to robotic age. But I did want to ask that question. What are some of the things that you're most excited about when it comes uh, to what we are approaching and what are some of the things that concern you? I think one of my particular interests is, is in bodies. And um, so I'm, I'm very interested to find out um, what people around the world, and in particular women, uh, how they're treating that subject of uh, robot bodies. Um, what, kind, what do those bodies look like? What do they feel like? What do they smell like? Um, and also, you know, how these robots relate to human bodies as well. And so, you know, um, sensual interactions with robots, um, grooming of the body. So there are actually two um, film works in the show. One of them... Um, one of them is by um, these two women in Germany, um, Gili Ron and Irina Bogdan. And they have a very strong sort of feminist critique to that. But they, again, they're using the robot to paint on their face. So they're looking at that, you know, the act of putting on makeup. But what happens when you put a, a robot, you know, a robot does that for you. And it's quite a beautiful work. Um, you can get drawn into sort of the aesthetics of having that robot apply make up to your face and then you've, you know, the face becomes a canvas. Um, again, it's not saying that's how it's going to happen in the future, but it's more trying to, you know, present a kind of uh, an image um, or a narrative around these possibilities. Um, and then I think on the, on the other spectrum, especially in the, we've got these three categories in the exhibition that we've loosely grouped things into, tool, toy and companion, um, that as a starting point for sort of conversations, really, but in the tool realm was mainly women doing all these things, mainly in fabrication with industrial robotic arms. 
um, and I think and a lot of working with a lot of biomaterials as well. So there's they're moving sort of into trying to really change I think um, the way structures and architectures are built, but how they can be habitats, perhaps some of the creatures where the soil might need um, repatriating and things like that. So there's a really interesting environmental theme as well that's running through some of these works. So I think um, in the future um, there'll be a lot more activity um, in that space. Thank you, Leanne, for taking time to speak to us on ESA Radio this morning. The next track that uh, we will hear is uh, from Melbourne-based artists uh, called Jiva, and this track is called Power. And also make sure to go and check She Robots exhibition at the Tin Sheds Gallery at the University on Sydney. You have until 10th of December. <laughs> 